Okay, you guys, I am absolutely obsessed with CMOS. I used to spend so much money on supplements and powders, and I gave all of my money to the wellness industry. Now I only take three different things, one of those being a spoonful of CMOS on an empty stomach in the morning, and this is why. We need 102 vitamins and minerals to function optimally. CMOS has 92 vitamins and minerals, so it is literally a full body replenishment helps increase your energy, improves gut health in your digestion, supports healthy skin. It's hormone balancing. I took this for a month straight and my PMS symptoms were gone. I have had horrible PMS since I was 16 and I'm 24 and it only took one month of CMOS to get rid of them, which is incredible. My good friend Mike is the founder and owner of Samadhi Moss. It is sustainably harvested, tested for heavy metals, and you can get 10% off with code LE10. If you want to learn more about CMOS, you can head to episode one for a beautiful conversation with the founder of Samadhi Moss, Mike. We had a wonderful episode on health and we talk about CMOS and psychedelics. The link is in the show notes. Go and get on the Moss train. It will seriously change how you feel in your body. Hello, welcome back to Elevate with Ellie Styles. On today's episode, I have Philip Case, a personal trainer in Southern California. And I had the pleasure of training with Philip when I lived in San Diego. And he just has so much information to share. There is so much information in this episode, and he is always guiding his clients in a direction where they want to go. If you have a goal, Philip will get you there, period. He was always so direct and I just loved the discipline that I had with him and all of the scientific information that he had to provide when I had specific goals in training with him. So, you know, you guys know that on this podcast, I am sharing the message that we are so much more than our physical bodies and I stand by that. But our physical bodies serve as our soul's container and our vehicle. So it's very important to treat it with care. And I am so passionate about movement and fitness and nutrition. And in today's episode, we talk about sugar and its impact on our hormones and our body. We talk about optimal training and nutrition for building lean muscle mass. We talk about how to burn fat, the role of cardio, the most common mistake that people make on their fitness journey, optimal foods to consume, the ones to avoid, and so much more. So if any of those topics resonate with you, continue listening, sit back, relax, and enjoy, and I will see you at the end of the episode. Welcome to Elevate, Philip. I'm so excited to have you. Let's be here. Okay, I just want to kick it off with the burning question that everyone wants to know, and it is, how does one lose fat? Great question. It's a large, vast question. Um, to lose fat, you have to burn more calories, obviously, okay. um, than you take in. So fat has a lot of nutrients in them so first the baby will hold on to fat the baby fat because it it's there's a lot of nutrients in there um women tend to hold on to it longer than men because you know we have to women give life and they have to sustain life um your body wants to produce milk and it has to it will hold on to that longer than men will. um again there's a lot of nutrients in fat it will sustain life um that being said it's also 
also a really good place to, in order to burn fat, you have to torch the fat. You have to use your heart to burn the fat. That being said, we tend to go like on cardio, which is kind of wrong. Cardio is obviously for the heart. And we want to burn, use the fat, stored fat as a fuel source. And that's what we tend to not do. Um, getting on a cardio machine is not going to do it. Getting on an elliptical machine is not going to do it. Getting on Stairmaster, rowing machine, those are all fine for cardio to increase your strength. That's great. That's what they're for. But to burn fat, excess fat, meaning to weight, to get weight loss, get yourself down to the, the weight that you want, is you have to burn that at a very, very low heart rate. Mm. Um, the fat is stored for that very reason. Um, when you get on a Stairmaster or elliptical, so you're going to burn your carbohydrates. Those are stored in your glycogen tank, and that's what the carbohydrates are for. It's, for, it's our number one primary energy source. And so when you, when you get on those machines, the cardio machines, uh, you're going to torch your, 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 carbo- your stored carbohydrates right away, and then you're going to start sweating. You're going to end up sweating water. You're not sweating fat. Mm. And that's the misnomer, which people feel that, oh, my God, I've been on the Stairmaster for an hour and a half. I go five days a week, and I'm not getting, I'm not getting any gains. I'm not doing this, but I'm sweating you know, buckets of stuff. That's just usually your water weight. That's your stored water, and that's that good. You need you need the water. You need the hydration for cell to rebuild cells. So, the way the best way to burn fat is on a low, low heart rate. So, mm-hmm. in order to do that, you probably you have to find your fat burning zones, and it's usually the lowest number. So, the best way to do that is to take your age, say you're. 30 years old and you subtract that by 220 from 220 that leaves 190 heart rate is 190 so that's the highest it should be you're in fight or flight right there you're not going to be able to maintain that that level that's when you get out of breath you might nausea you might pass out whatever that's what you don't want so i'm going to take that 190 number and i'm going to times it by point let's say 90 percent and that heart rate comes out to 170 that's an elite athlete's um, uh, training zone. Okay. That's where, unless you're an elite athlete, that's where you should be around that zone or maintain that because you're approaching that number, that higher number. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't had the right nutrition, you haven't had the right metabolic conditioning, you haven't been trained as well, uh, you don't want to stay in that number for a long period of time. What would you cramps, say? You're going to feel bad. You're going to get uh, muscle soreness you know, for three or four days after that, you don't want to stay in that now. All right. So what's like the max so, amount of the max amount of time that we can spend in that higher heart rate range? Um, if you stay in that 170, that's, I mean, you're not going to be able to maintain that. I'm going to say tops, not even a minute. You're oh. just not going to be able to sustain that. That would be in a sense of, uh, say you're in pretty good shape and you're running up a, of the length of a football field, but you're running straight up the hill like at a 45 degree angle, uh, 28 degree angle. And so it's just very, very difficult. You need to recover, mm-hmm. and then you're just not going to be able to make it. You're, you're going to feel nauseous. You're going to feel physically sick. And then that's what you don't want to do. This is where in lies a lot of, at this point, 
where I, I have a problem with these hot yoga classes for this very reason. So you're in the hot yoga, meaning HOT, and they put the, they jack the thermostat up to 90 or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You're in there doing these workouts and your body's under a level of stress as it is already. Mm -hmm. And your cortisol levels are where they should be. And then you put that heat, that intense heat, and it spikes your stress. And so your insulin levels are high. Your, uh, your cortisol level is through the roof and it eliminates and uh, your fat burning hormones like uh, leptin will not be able to work wow. because the cortisol levels are so high. That's the problem. So when you're going in there and you leave a hot yoga class, you're soaking wet, you got to change your clothes and you're like, Oh my God, and you look at your Apple watch and you burned all these cows. Well, you've just burned a lot of water and you need that water to replenish yourself. Then you go and you slam about four or five Gatorades to get that back, which is Gatorades is not good stuff, but you need those electrolytes and people tend to get those from Gatorades. That's the problem I have with that. So I tell my clients and what we do is we try to find these fat burning zones. So this 170 number, 171 number represents 90% of your output. Um, I'm going to go back and get that 190 number and I'm going to times it by 0.80 or 80%. And you're at 152. Um, mm. That's 152 beats per minute. That's a really good metabolic training zone. This is where you're going to get conditioning. Your heart rates up. You're creating lean muscle mass. This is a good place to be at a like a higher end athlete, opposed to being elite. Um, I'll also take that number. The 190s are baseline number, and I'm times it by 0.7. Or 70%, you're at 133. So now you're getting into more of a fat burning, more of uh, a metabolic. Um, you're getting in, you're, you're burning more fat opposed to burning the carbohydrates. This is where you're really creating a lean, more of a lean muscle mass. This is where you want to be. Um, this is at 70% of your output. So that's still on the higher end, but it's not the optimum. Yeah. So then I'm going to go down and I'm going to, Go to use that baseline number, and I'm going to times it. Um, you know, this is point. so so interesting because I always think that the harder, the higher my heart rate is, the harder I'm working. So the more fat I'm burning and the more work that I'm doing. When we train together, you just tell me to right. slow the fuck down because all I wanted to do was get my right. heart rate up. And I every time, right. even to this day, when I go into the gym and I don't sweat, I'm like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything, or if I'm not like dying by the end of the workout, I feel useless. You know, Ellie, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And a lot of people, I have clients in their 50s, all females, and or the clients I'm referring to, they're all female, and they're in the 50s, and they just have that mentality that, hey, I got to go, I got to get the burn, I got to get my calories up, I got to get this, I got to get my heart rate up, and they don't realize, they get, they get an Apple Watch, and then we go through these training <laughs> zones, and we say, okay. I want to be, you want to be, if you want to lose fat, you got to be in this, let's say 50 to 65% of your output area. And that's how you burn fat. And if you look at your watch, you know, literally you can do in an ab workout on the mat. You can do a, uh, a, a weight workout doing dumbbells and you will look at your watch and you're going, holy shit, I'm at 144. And that's your perfect that you, for you, 
it would be, I'm just going to use you as an example. So like say 30 ish or whatever. So the low end you want to be is 115. So if you're at 115, your heart rate to 115, what do we say? 144. Yeah. That's just optimum fat burning zones. And that's, that's how you lose fat. That's when you lose fat. It's not by going out and killing yourself, doing mm-hmm. cardio. It's not by, you know, running the stairmaster for an hour and a half, four days a week. It's not getting on that Peloton and killing yourself. I mean, those those are great for what they do. Mm-hmm. But if your goal is to burn fat, that's not your answer. Trust yeah. me. So when is, well, I guess I have two questions. What sort of exercises sure. get you into that fat burning zone? And then what when does cardio play a role in that, if it does? Okay. So to get in those zones, so... The best is actually walking. I'm a big, big fan of walking. Um, I have a a workout that I do that I give all my clients, all the girls that want to drop, you know, the fat. um, And they love it because it's 30 minute workout. It's a 30 minute walk and everybody can do it. I live on the beach out here. So I get get through this barefoot, get some grounding in while you're, while you're walking. Yeah. You want to get around for you, like your heartbeats no higher than 115, and it's about anywhere from 95 to 115. Mm-hmm. You walk 15 minutes out and 15 minutes back. You're going to burn about 180 calories, but this is absolutely stored fat. There's, if you do this at a fasted state first thing in the morning, sun rises, you go up there and do that. It's just ideal. Um, you're getting grounding as you're walking barefoot. And even people that can walk in a park or walk barefoot, that's great. It's just as good. Um, if you can't do that, just find a trail, find a, a path, find a park, find a uh, walk around your neighborhood, whatever. But that's the best. You don't want to go crazy and sprint walk or walking or whatever they call it. You just want to get your heart rate up about 110 and leave it there. Mm-hmm. And you're, this is the best way to burn stored fat. Also, if you do this at a fasted state, you're burning the stored fat from before. If you happen to have breakfast before this, that's not really the best way to do it because you're going to burn off those calories that you just, that you just ingested. And so you don't want to do that. There's a lot of, if you have a bowl of cereal or if you have some fruit or a power bar or something like that, you're going to automatically try to start to burn. Your body wants to burn those off. We want to burn the stored fat. You're going to come back when you're finished with your walk, have your coffee, have your breakfast, whatever. And you're going to continue. Your heart rate's going to be high, and your, your body's going to still metabolize that stored fat for up to 45, 48 hours. So wow. this is a good little trick. Why, why is that, that walking, like, compared to any other – like, if I were to go run in the morning on a fasted state, like, why that such low, like, low heart rate range? Well, well, because your body wants to, as you get your heart rate up, it's going to go right to the carbohydrates. Okay. It's going to go your body. Your your body's telling your 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 body's going. Okay, where's what fuel do we have? Where's our immediate fuel source? And it's going to be your carbohydrates. Um, if you run out of carbohydrates, if you go on a stairmaster, for instance, and you're going to get your heart rate up there way like you know way high like you used to, whatever. And then your body goes, okay, well you don't have enough. If you maintain that high heart rate, and if you don't have enough fuel in the tank, mm-hmm. then your body will go to another fuel source. And this is where it gets tricky. Yeah. That's when it goes to use your protein. It'll, it'll, it'll use up, your body will use up to 
for energy wow. is protein. That's when that protein should be going to recovery of your muscles, and it's not. Right. It's going to get you through the workout. That's when you start to lose muscle mass. Wow. And that's where it gets tricky and scary. If okay. you notice, long-distance runners, they go through their carbohydrates, they go through their stored, their stored fat, and, what, and what's left is muscle mass. And so they start to extract all the nutrients from the muscles. And then after they get done with that, it gets, goes to the organs, and then you're a big problem. Wow. Okay. Yeah, scary. Piggybacking off of that you mentioned, it, like your body taking the protein, if you don't have enough nutrients in your body, there's such a trend, especially with young women, of not of eating as little as possible. Like thinking that that's going to get them somewhere or just maybe they're struggling with eating disorders, whatever it might be. I just, I know so many women that have their coffee and then they just drink like three coffees, maybe have one meal during the day. Can you just emphasize, like grind it into people's head, the, the importance of like feeding yourself enough food? Okay. You have to look at your body's machine and you want to have fuel to get through this trip, this little journey that goes every day. <laughs> now, you're talking about a calorie deficit. So if you go out and you, you do your your treadmill or you do your yoga or you do your workout and you end up burning through the day, let's say a thousand calories. And then you're only intaking, you're going, Oh, I have to be at this calorie deficit. So I only took in 800 calories because I've been literally, you know, you're there, you're starving yourself. And this was a big deal with the, with the low carb diet. Mm-hmm. So the problem with that is you don't have enough fuel to get to the end of your trip, meaning the end of your day. And so the body's got it. It's built. It's, Fight or flight is built to survive. And so it's got to start to re- extract those nutrients from somewhere. The last place it's going to do it is your fat source. So it'll take it from your protein. It'll take it from your, your muscle mass. They don't, again, go to your organs and they don't go to your fat because your fat, especially for a woman, is going to be the last thing because that's going to make let you to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of nutrients in stored fat. So the body wants to hold on to that. So you have to trick your body to let it go. The last thing you want to do is start it. So what happens is you get the skinny fat people that they have a, uh, uh, they don't get enough nutrition and fuel for the day. So your body, what does it do? It stores the fat because she's running this treadmill. She's doing this, this hot yoga and whatever. And she doesn't have enough nutrients to get through the day. So we're going to store some. We'll keep putting off to the siding, you know, for a rainy day. Well, the rainy day doesn't come. And before you know it, you're going, oh, my God. That's when you get into digestive issues. That's when you get mm-hmm. into problems with your skin and your hair and everything else because your body doesn't have enough of the essential nutrients just to get through the day. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. So the answer, the way to do that is you need to have the right proper fuel um, and it's not about the calories, the huge calorie count. I have 2000 calories a day. It's not that it's how you get your calories. Right. So can you give us a quick okay. breakdown of foods that we should be adding into our, our daily intake and maybe foods to just kindly avoid or, or have on occasion? Okay. Um, well, I, and I just hope that you mind. don't, I hope that you don't say gluten because I've been eating so much fucking pasta over here. Is it good? It's so good. It's is the it best. Okay, so what is it? What effects is that? Is that had on you? 
Uh, here, zero in terms of like, because typically if I have gluten in the States, I'm bloated, my skin changes. Yeah. It's different yeah. here. The product here is different. Yeah. Right, I think the reason why that is, Ellie, is because they weigh the difference in how they mill the flour. Mm. I think the flour, the wheat flour over there, that's semolina wheat, and I believe it's, it's an, um, and what am I trying to say? ancestral kind of way of doing it meaning mm. it's milled through stone opposed to here where it's milled through stainless steel and that's a big source so what it does there is wow. i think it almost emulsifies that gluten protein where it it doesn't have the effect that it does here wow here in the steel mills it doesn't do that um it's just that, that gluten all it does is just push it aside and then that's when you get torched by um I doubt, I mean, you've been in Italy for a while there. I doubt they have the bloating. I doubt they have all the, the digestive issues that we have here, and that's one of them. That's why gluten's a bad thing here. Yeah. Um, there it's not. The people have been eating pasta for centuries there, <laughs> no. and there's a reason why. They've been eating that peasant artisan bread that has three ingredients for a reason. Yeah. You come over here and look at the bread that we have here, it's, that's the reason. That's why gluten is a bad, bad word. Um, to answer your question, I'd like to get my... Number one thing that you have to have in your in your diet in your foods is protein. And as a society, we don't get nearly enough protein. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're working out and you're trying to to lose fat, the way to lose fat is you have to create lean muscle mass. That's how you do it. The way to create lean muscle mass is you have to create HGH human growth hormone. In order to do that, you have to have enough abundant supply of protein. I prefer to get my protein in nutrient-dense foods. Those are the meats, um, beef, uh, pork, lamb, where you are, lamb, um, fish, all good sources, eggs, dairy, all good sources. Mm -hmm. the, the vegetarian or vegan sources, you're going to go with lentils and, and beans and um, brown rice. And stuff. The problem with that is you have to eat so much of it. And the problem also with that is you don't get all the essential amino acids. Mm -hmm. That being said, you're going to have to supplement those. Yeah. And that's a little slippery slope there. Yeah. Um, I did the vegan thing for 10 years. I was brittle. I was running long distance. I was just, it was not good. Then I went, I slowly added in fish source. That was better, but not good. I hit a plateau. This is up like four years ago. Wow. And then I started incorporating, first thing I have is bacon. Bacon is very nutrient dense. Um, because it's high protein and it's got the fat and it's that protein is fat soluble, soluble, meaning that your body doesn't absorb it unless you have that with it. Mm. So and that's also just, I prefer to clarify sorry. that you shouldn't be eating like a plateful of bacon a day. No, you're not no. you're not out here giving permission <laughs> no. to just like go off no. at the breakfast buffet. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? Bacon is always a side. So two pieces of bacon is good. You don't want to go, oh, my God, this trainer said I can have bacon shakes every day. No, that's not what you're going to have. You know, I'm, I can't, bacon burritos are not good. No, it's just that is just the thing with bacon is it's very you get a lot of nutrients in a very small package. Yeah. That being said, you know, it's like you want to have one glass of wine, two glasses of wine. You don't want to have two bottles of wine. That's the same deal. Yeah. Um I like, um, so you, when you look at protein sources, those are the best for me. That's what I recommend. 
Um, in a pinch, you can get the protein bars. I don't even know if you guys have protein bars where you are. But That's here, so as you know, there's walls of them. Oh, my uh, God. They're usually all shit. They're usually all crap. Um, you you got to look at the protein source, and then you got to look at the preservatives. They put them together mm-hmm. so they can sit on that shelf for years. Yeah. And then there's always the sugars and then the fake sugars, and then it's just not worth it. I'd rather have, I mean, you can have a, some beef jerky. You can have... Um, a tuna wrap. You can have, um, you know, avocado with some protein and avocado with good fats. I mean, there's a, a lot of other lanes to go down. Mm-hmm. The protein bar and the supplement deals is that's exactly what it is. It's a supplement. If you're in a pinch, you got to drive from San Diego to LA. You know, traffic's going to be shit. Grab a couple of protein bars. I get yeah. it. Or a protein shake. I get it. Um, but as far as a, to have it on a daily basis, you've got to have that protein shake every. I just wouldn't recommend that. It's better to get your your protein from, you know, a whole natural food. source, a whole food source. It's much better. Your body will love you. Yeah. Um, no, those are great, great recommendations. And then, yeah, foods we should avoid. Um, where to begin? Um, <laughs> as far as as far as protein sources, um, I mean. If you're doing the vegan thing, you're going to get with the vegan, the beans, the legumes, the kale, the, all that stuff. It's, there's a lot of nature put defense mechanisms in there. So we don't eat them. Mm -hmm. Those types of food, the vegan whole deal. This is another, you know, whole other topic for another day. But if you choose your proteins and your food, to be nutrient dense in the higher end of the food chain, you're eating as a human being. I want to eat to, I don't want to eat to survive. I'm not trying to survive in this world. I'm trying to thrive. I've made it to be, I'm a human being. I was created as human. I'm the top of the food chain, but I'm going to stay there. I don't want to be there. I don't want to eat this scavenger rabbit food <laughs> that people eat. I mean, it's good. It's fine, but I don't want that's, I have a choice. Yeah. I want to eat the animals that eats all the grass. Because then it's all in the meats and the organs and all this other stuff. They've already digested uh, it. I don't want to eat a bushel of broccoli to get the three grams of protein and the, all the fiber and all this other stuff when I don't have to eat that. You so know what I, I, I can I, eat a piece of fish and you know maybe a little bit of rice and an avocado. I would rather get it from that mm-hmm. than you know constantly eating these salads and eating every two hours and eating every three hours like a hamster. We're not built. No. And so I don't recommend that. When I was vegan, I would work at the yoga studio and I literally picked up a bag of kale from Whole Foods and opened it like a bag of chips and would eat it when I was at the desk working, which is just horrifying to reflect on. <laughs> how, did that, how did that make your belly feel? You know what? I... No, I was never the most strong or energized being vegan. And I, I honestly craved meat all the time. But I ignored right. that signal in my body forever because I was like, meat's bad. Meat leads to all of these issues with the body. And I think in moderation, meat is good. And I, I have included meat in my diet now. But, you know, I, I actually worked with a hormone coach and she had me eat meat for two weeks and she had me eat it twice a day. And I had all this skin flare up on my jawline and it was gone in three days after adding meat back. 
So, you know, I ebb and flow with my relationship with meat, but right now it's, you know, at least more, I mean, more fish, I would say, and beans, but, um, you know, chicken every now and then, and then some really good red meats in Italy, of course. So where you are, let me ask you a question. So where you are, tell me a typical, okay, I just had some clients from Portugal, they were in Europe, and they have, she just won't eat, she has, I'm doing the grains and the and I've had, she has two salads a day. Her husband has two salads a day. Okay. And, they eat all these and he's got glout, um, uh, gout flare-ups. They've got horrible digestive problems. They wow. do, they have all this stuff. And they went to Portugal for 10 days. And that, they didn't have one single salad when they were there. They didn't have any, anything packaged. They didn't have any chips. They didn't have any, any, the, the, the processed foods that we have in the United States. Yeah. So for breakfast, they have prosciutto and, and melon every day and, you know, fresh cream in the coffee and, and kefir and all these other things that they would never have here that they just, because they chose not to. Yeah. They're available. They just chose not to. And so they came back. The guy has no gout flare-ups whatsoever. Didn't even take his medication since he's been back. Wow. She has no bloating problem. Her skin is is clearing up. She's got like, and she's in her fifties. Still has a um, little bit of acne flare-ups and eczema. Cleared up and gone, or going anyway. And wow. you know, I, I attributed it. I'm going to see. This is how you eat like human, not like a hamster. Right. You know, you don't you. We eat because we're the top of the food chain. You want to eat these nutrients, these great, you know, of. Uh, a burger, you want to eat a steak, you want to eat a lamb, you want to eat, you know, uh, asobuco where you are, you want to eat bolognese, you want to eat this stuff, because that's what we can, that's how we thrive, and that's what the body needs, that's what we do, not personally from eating a bunch of wheatgrass, and, <laughs> you know, God, the beans, and then the problem with the, a lot of the beans and a lot of those vegetarian sources is our body doesn't, look at a can of black beans, it'll say, oh, Eight grams per serving protein. Mm-hmm. Your body doesn't absorb that because it's you know it's not water soluble, and so the right. beans you'll probably get half of that. So you got to eat a whole can of beans to get sixteen grams of protein, right. and you're going you're only getting half of that. And then with the gas and everything else, that's why you get the bloating because those are fermenting in your gut. But all you had to do was just have an avocado and you know some beef jerky or you know some fish, you know. Something easy like that in your body. Yeah, so true. No, yeah, I, I've i had all of the protein sources here. And honestly, like, every now and then, yeah, I crave a good green smoothie. And, like, I genuinely want to feel you like... You get them there? Yeah. You get them there? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. And I honestly, like, I'll, but I go days where it's, like, some mornings I'll wake up and have, like, my fresh, freshly squeezed orange juice and cappuccino I get it with oat milk, but in the beginning I was getting it with real milk, had no issues. And I mean, here I make like a, you know, an omelet with eggs and, but their eggs here are yellow. They're vibrant. Like they're not this creamy, like gray, white yolk. They're an orange, yellow <laughs> yolk. And I'm like, yeah, that's... this is a real fucking egg. Like I've never yeah. seen this before. <laughs> well, it's before, you know, those food companies... And those, well, they're food chemical 
companies get a hold of them. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's night and day. It's night and day. You'd be like, oh my God. It's the, you know, it's the difference between eating like some fresh, you know, sushi grade tuna than eating chicken of the sea. You're going, right. well, wait a minute. Right. You know? Okay. So I want you to just crush my dreams about sugar because I'm a sugar addict and I know that it's literally terrible for you. Um, so can you just give us, just shut us all down on the sugar right now so we can, so we can live long. (laughs) Okay. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Okay. The white gross processed sugar that we have that's in everything from ketchup to salsas to, you know, obviously the, the breakfast cereals, the whole breakfast aisle should just call it sugar, (laughs) different sources of sugar. That's what they should call it, the sweetener aisle. I mean, the whole breakfast thing is just mind-boggling to me. Even when I was a kid, I'm going, you know, why is there what in the aisle that just says breakfast? Where's the lunch aisle, you know? Um, and it's just it's just stupid. And it's just, you know, these companies get to the area, we got to get this going on this. And if you look where you are, do you guys sit down and have cereal? Is there even American cereals there where you are? No, every, I, I mean, there are, there are places you can get it, but generally people here have, and I'm not saying this is a better option, but they're eating croissants and a cappuccino for breakfast. Like one of my friends, one of my friends babysits and the kids would eat mashed up cookies and a huge glass of milk for breakfast. <laughs> Okay, that's like, and then they wonder, then they wonder why they have to pry their kid off the chimney or the Christmas tree or whatever. Yeah, and they go, Johnny doesn't listen. I don't understand why. Yeah, generally, no, there's not the amount of options that we have in the U.S. The grocery stores here are small and you go into the aisle and there's no breakfast aisle. It's just an aisle of eggs, an aisle of milk, an aisle of like all of the whole foods on their separate, like on their separate shelves. Um, so the sugar deal is, let me give you a little background on what sugar is. First of all, it's a very, very, very vicious drug. Make no doubt about it. It's a drug. It is nothing else. There's no benefit from it. You get zero benefit. Um, it's a drug. It's as bad as any other drug or actually worse than, you know, your heroin and cocaine and all that stuff. Because the thing about sugar is it actually changes your hormones. It changes the way you you, your hormones will think for you or use you. That being said, it'll tell you that, okay, you're going to eat a meal and then you have, let's say, chicken and rice and beans and whatever and for dinner and a glass of wine. And then two hours later, you're going, oh, you know what I really want? What sounds really good now is, I don't know, a piece of cake or another piece of cake or some, or bagel and cream cheese or something along those lines where you go, I'm not supposed to be eating this, and I don't know why I am, because uh, I know it's not good for me, but I'm going to eat it because I'm hungry. That's what I'm craving. That's where the whole sugar, the sweet tooth comes from, is you're actually craving that, because you're not. Sugar has told your hormones to tell you that you are. It's not. You don't crave a drumstick. You don't crave, you know, some beef jerky. You crave sweetness in the sugar, yeah. I mean, sweetness, which is that sugar. So it's very hard to get off of. Um, so hard. What I think sugar is so dangerous about it is because it's everywhere. I mean, it's literally everywhere. You cannot pick up anything, anything in a package and say, here, and it's got some form of sugar, or they'll put it into another 
uh, form and call it this and go, but it's sugar free, mm-hmm. but it's not, but how can it be sweet as, mm-hmm. as shit? And so that's the reason why. And so that's what makes it so dangerous. It's just these grotesque chemicals that you're ingesting that have no business there. And it's, it's fucking up your whole, your hormones, your digestion, uh, your GI tract, your intestines, everything. And the problem is that it's telling your body, your hormones are telling you that you need more. So it's very hard to get off of. It's, it's just hard to get off as alcohol or anything else. It's That's the so problem hard. because it's so abundant. You can't, if, if you say, if you can only get liquor in a liquor store here, let's say I, there's a liquor store and some of it, I get a bite. I just won't go in there. It's different with sugar. You can get it anywhere. And that's the problem. Yeah. Um, I tell all my clients to, if you want to drop that, if you want to start, if you don't work out, if you don't do anything, let's say you, you're, you're able to walk. You're so busy. You're working your butt off. You have 18 kids. You can't do anything. Um, how can I drop some fat? Right. And what's the, how do I get this thing rolling? The number one thing is, is you've got to cut down your sugar and you've got to get a number from, for women. I say, you got to drop it to 30 grams a day. If you to do that and you're, you want to drop 20 or 30 pounds, this is a good way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, do it. It's the first thing to do. You start, you go, okay, I got to start limiting my sugar. That means you got to start reading labels. You got to start adding it up. And you, if you limit yourself to 30 grams a day, it's a game changer right from the start. You'll start dropping pounds right away because you're not feeding that, that, that crutch, that addiction, that monkey on your back. We're not feeding that. So if you start to taper off now, for a lot of people that 30 grams might not sound, it sounds like a lot. It's really not. Yeah. You get, you know, oh my God, um, a latte at, you know, it's one of those cinnamon slurry lattes at, <laughs> at Starbucks. And that's, that's more than 30 grams right there. Right. Um, it's everywhere. And it's an abundant. If you decide, if you, and I'm just talking mostly if you want to start, right away doing this stuff. Look at all your packaged food. So look at your ketchup. Look at your um, your milk. Anything low-fat that says low-fat diet or healthy, throw it away because it's shit. You know, <laughs> say, or no sugar or sugar-free, it's shit. It's actually worse. Yeah. Low-fat milk, low-fat cottage cheese, low-fat yogurt are all shit because they remove the actual good stuff that's in there, which is the milk fat, which is the protein, which you need, mm-hmm. and they substitute some crappy sugar, sugar substitute, and that's when you get problem. That's why I think that's one of the main reasons why our kids are so obese now. They, they can, you know, put this low-fat diet, these low-fat foods into their system, and it's just 2% milk is crap, all this stuff. That's not the way nature designed that. you got to get the full fat from it, and that's where it's going. And then, again, the government has done this, trying to sway us to, to get onto this type of diet, but mm-hmm. you got to eliminate the, or you can't eliminate the triggers, of course, but you can cut them down. And if you can get down, I like to start at 30 grams. Okay. And then that's a good baseline number to get to. It's going to be tough for people. That, I don't know that you, I, from knowing you, I, I know you do more than 30 a day, <laughs> but you know, you just gotta, <laughs> and I'm telling you, if you look in your coffee creamers, it's everywhere. You guys know it's ever and ketchup. I mean, that's just like, oh my God, there's how many grams of ketchup, you know? I'm so picky about how I spend my sugar because like for me, coffee, I'm like, I don't need sugar in my coffee, but, and why, why would I spend my sugar count on that when I can buy like a chocolate cake and have that instead? (laughs) 
Philip had me on a yeah. on a four week program, and I called him. What was it like? Two weeks in of no sugar, something like that. Right. I was so fucking pissed, you guys. I was in like the worst mood yeah, because your, I was withdrawal. so addicted, and I literally called him like a psycho woman, like not knowing why I was so angry, why I was so irritable. Because it's withdrawals, and it's just as bad as going. You know, to like a detox is thirty day for for drinking and drugs. You you take it from your body, but sugar is way harsher because again, it's a, it's abundant everywhere and it's in everything. So yeah. you start to eliminate. If you do, there a lot of my clients out here. We do a, a cleanse and it's a seven day cleanse, and you can't have any sugar. You can't have any alcohol and can't have any sugar. It's one of the components or components of it. And then it's the, the massive headaches they get. And the, <laughs> I mean, you're like, oh my god, what, what's wrong with me? I don't even drink, but you know, yeah. it's the sugar and you can't, you, and you eliminate it. And then when you go back to it and then you, if you start to take it out again, catch up, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, there's a reason why they put sugar in the ketchup because you wouldn't just put, you know, if you want, it's just tomato sauce with a lot of sugar in Vinegar. it, you know, and then yeah. you put your fries in it, you put your burger in it, whatever, but it's everywhere. And it's, it's frighteningly everywhere. And those kids that, mash the, the chocolate chip cookies up whatever for breakfast and pour milk on them and there you go there you go but, it's a, but they're sugar-free cookies right oh, in course. that case so on the sugar two percent milk on the sugar-free note i just have a two-part question because this kind of coincides sure. with like current diet trends a what are the current diet trends that right now they're popular that are not good for us and even if like one or two stick out and i know keto was uh, being one of late you know there's so many keto products on the market that say no sugar but they're using erythritol they're using stevia and all these alternatives like what is the danger of consuming those alternative sweeteners if you have any information yeah um sugar on its own is really bad but what's worse are this this sugar substitutes those are all made in a lab they're all made. They'll say, oh, okay, stevia comes from a plant well, or a leaf. That's where it is start. But by the time they get done changing it around, changing the chemical composition to it, it doesn't belong in your body. Right. Um, it just, and that's where you get into, it's not going to, the effects of it might not happen right away. But usually you'll start to feel something, and it's usually always, always, always in your digestive system. Anytime you get a bloating, anytime you get, um, uh, skin issues, hair issues, hair loss issues, um, that type of feeling, that type of, of those reactions to it, that is directly due to what you're ingesting. A lot of that is baked sugars. That's key to that. Um, the one I like is monk fruit, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like the sugar substitute, but like agave and all these other ones are just all crap. It's just, it's the same crime, different criminals, basically. Mm-hmm. And, that's why I just kind of stay far away from that. Uh, along these diet trends, I'll start with keto. Keto, if, for the people that do keto, first of all, I don't like the term diet because yeah. that means sooner or later you have to get off it. So a food, I need to say like meal planning or, or eating habits or, you know, dietary needs or whatever, it's different, but diet means I gotta, I can only, I'm only going to sustain this for a while because I know I'm going to get off. Mm. So, um, the keto food plan is, it came about as they developed it for 
uh, kids with epilepsy because it would stop the seizures. They found out that the, the, the carbohydrates, which keto is no carbohydrates, are very, very low, um, would trigger a lot of these seizures. So then they said, okay, we'll go to keto, which is basically your, your source of energy. Your body goes into ketosis and you're burning fat as a fuel source. The problem with keto diets in this, the way in our day and age is it's probably not sustainable. Because you have a beer, you have a glass of wine, you have a piece of bread, you have a croissant, you have that, then it, you're, it, you're going into the other lane and then it throws it all off. And so when your body is not used to having these carbohydrates and all of a sudden you introduce them back into your diet, your body goes, okay, now you're going to try to screw us again. This goes back and forth to back to the carb, low carb diet. It's the same deal. You introduce those carbs, then your body goes, okay, we've been waiting for this day to happen. So I dare you to do this again. So what happens is your body will hold on to all that that weight, hold on in in the case of carbohydrates, it will store that sugar, which will store the fat because you're not getting it. So that's the problem with a diet, one of them being keto, one of them being no-carb. The no-carb diet, which was big, it still is big, still very popular, especially when younger women Mm-hmm. It's oh carbs. I can't have carbs. I can't have carbs. Oh my god, how many carbs are there? Problem with carbs is if you get off your carbs and you 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 don't ingest them or the proper amount, you, what happens is your body you'll drop fat or you'll drop weight right away, but you're not dropping fat. You're mm-hmm. dropping water weight because you, your body will uh, secrete and get rid of the water because that's what your body holds on water to the water to digest the carbohydrates. If you don't have carbohydrates, you don't need that much water. So your body just gets rid of it and eliminates it. And then you go, oh my God, I just dropped 10 pounds in two weeks. Well, that's what it is. However, you eat an apple, you eat some grapes, you eat, a, again, a beer or a glass of wine, and your body goes, okay, those are carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to hold on to this. And now we're going to hold on to all this fat because you are not, you know, you're not putting these carbohydrates in there. It wasn't a balance, you know, uh, meal plan or food plan and right. so you sabotage it so the body's just made to survive and it will always adjust right so those type of deals are, that's why they don't work they, yeah. they're not they work but they're not sustainable so mm. that's why i don't like them no so much good. not a fan <laughs> so much good information i mean we could literally talk about so many things and you you just have such you always have a fresh perspective and you always have updated information which i loved like I felt like every time we trained together, you had a new piece of information, you had a new take on science and what was working in the body for optimal health. And I know we don't have too much time left, but can you just touch on your current nutrition that you are following? And also, um, if you believe in intuitive eating. Um, I'm not sure so much about the intuitive eating. Okay. Um, I will tell you what I'm doing. Um, I've had, okay, um, I'm Italian, so I love Italian food. I mean, love it. I'm not a foodie per se. So I've been doing this a long time and I eat to, uh, food is fuel for me. Yeah. And so when the fuel source is off or fuel is better, I can tell right away. Um, so I was experienced some bloating. I was experiencing sluggishness. I was experienced, um, just like some raw for the past, I'm going to say two years. Mm. Um, so 
I said, okay, let's just go and eliminate and do some things and try this out. And I'm, I do a lot of this stuff so I can pass on the information to my client, whom they all suffer from this. First thing, most of my clients are women, so they are concerned with the, the skin, the bloating, um, the yo-yo uh, weight loss and gain. Yeah. Those have to, they're pretty typical. And so I said, okay, let's not have, and I love wine, and I love tequila. And so I said, let's not do this and see what happens. And okay. so I just started and just doing it. Usually I take 40 days off a year during Lent. And so I decided not to do it, try it. And it's been actually today, tomorrow will be nine months. Wow. And it's just crazy because wow. the difference in, it's more of a mental deal than it is a physical. The mental is just, I'm the same all the time. Yeah. There's no, uh, foggy clouds it comes up and if there is i attribute it to the gluten's the pizza crust here the <laughs> the breads and i really do it because i eliminated all that and it's that's also eliminated i have no like foggy cloudy days wow. maybe yeah i really don't um as far as my mental is um everything's very clear um i also eliminated and I don't know if this is drastic for your listeners and stuff, but I tried to do this kind of a carnivore diet where I was having trouble with like an acid reflex from most people do from tomato sauce. I'd love tomato sauce. I love bolognese. I love all that pesto, all that. So I said, you know, why am I, why am I getting this? I also got it from salsas. Mm. I also got it from sometimes from coffee. And those are pretty typical of an acid reflex. And I didn't get it bad. But it was just annoying. It was troublesome. Yeah. Supposed to go out to dinner, go on a date, going you know somebody's house, and even just go. Well, you know, I never took any Pepsid. I never took any of those Tums or any of that crap. And so I said, well, let's just see. I'm going to eliminate all these foods and see what happens. And I did, and it it's worked. So I do basically a, a, a carnivore type diet, and I incorporated a lot of fruit and eliminated the carbohydrate source of vegetables. Mm. And I've been doing it now for 10 weeks and I love the results. It's amazing. Um, my training, my recovery, my sleep, uh, it's just amazing. I, I wow. eat, I'm eating to thrive and I'm not the person because God does them. People are doing this for years. Uh, a couple of people I follow. Um, and I just kind of, going, it's not super drastic where I'm just eating like organs and all that stuff, but I just have, I'm getting all my food from a nutritional, my nutritional, nutritionally um what i'm trying to say dense food yeah so i'll have you know a, a, a steak with fat not a filet that's so lean you need that fat to uh, your body needs that small amount of fat to absorb that massive amount of protein right. same thing with like a burger if you get an 80 20 you know protein to fat that's good because your body loves that that Combo. it'll absorb that protein more with the fat so i've been doing that recently and i love it um i don't I don't tell people to do this. I don't tell my clients. I don't tell my clients how to eat. I'd only suggest, mm. but um, that's what I'm doing now as of recent and I love okay. it. So can you give um, us a really quick breakdown? I know this will differ for so many people, but like what you eat in a day. Okay. Uh, I have, I have, as you know, I'm a, these people don't know, but I'm a big fan of bone broth. So, um, yeah, it's so good. I don't know if you have it there, but it's just, I have it three times a day. I have a whole bag. Three. Um, they're like eight ounce servings 
Um, there's about 12 grams of protein in it, but I have that with my coffee. So I'll have four ounces of that with my coffee in the morning. Um, wow. I put, I used to do coconut almond milk. I now use raw milk mm. as my creamer and it's so good. <laughs> I also put, I'm have, I have allergies that are bad. So I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of those and I won't take the, the, the Benadryl and all that crap. So I've been getting, uh, I have a local honey source that's organic, which is hard to buy organic honey because unless it's on a farm or a ranch where you know those, there's no pesticides. So I have one out here. And so I put that in my coffee, boom, boom, boom. Then I have um, some fruit. And usually it's melon or a banana. So I'll have a cantaloupe, watermelon, banana. And then I'll have a protein source, which would be either, I mean, I have some of my coffee um, or just a couple pieces of beef jerky. And then I'm done. Then I'll go train you know, for whatever. So I have three or four clients. Then my re- actual really big first meal is it's sick, but it's, I eat about a half a pound of ground beef. Okay. I eat like four ounce steak. Um, I'll eat two eggs and I'll have, you know, an avocado and a quarter of a melon and I'll eat all this. There's about 130 grams of protein in there. Oh There's about 40 grams of fat. There's about 150 grams of, of carbohydrates. But I, there's zero bloating, and I can get right back up, get back in my car, and I go do my afternoon clients. And then I'll usually have something similar at night, but I'll have fish or whatever. But I eat about 2,200 calories. I get about 200 grams of protein. Wow. I'm about 5'9", 170, so it's a lot. But wow. again, um, that's I'm not recommending that for everybody. <laughs> you know, it's just... Um, I'm not trying to burn to lose fat or stuff, but you know, I, I'm really active and I train a lot. I used to train with you sometimes. We'd like, okay, let's go do this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I train a lot. And so I need all that and I, I won't be able to recover. I won't be able to sit down with a client and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to train. Like if you were here and say, you're like, Hey, Philip, let's do this, this crazy workout. I'm like, I don't want to say, Hey, Ellie, I can't cause I'm too sore. I need to be able to say, okay, let's do it, kid. Right. And in order to do that, you have to have enough protein because protein rebuilds the muscle and the damage that you've done to it, lifting, running, hiking, mountain climbing, whatever you're doing. Right. And so I need to be able to recover that. And in order to do that, you have to have ample amounts of protein. That's why protein is so key. I'd love to touch on that another day. Yeah, um, 100%. With you. No, thank you so much. This is just packed full. And you, again, you have so much to share and offer. And just wanted to quickly ask if you're taking any clients, just for any listeners that might be in Southern California or other places in the U.S., maybe Uh, international. um, I have to redo my, I'm going to go a different way on my Instagram. And so I'm bouncing some ideas off this person to see what we're going to do about that. And then as to answer your question, uh, Always, but not, that makes sense. Okay. Um, it's kind of a weird time for me because during the day or during the calendar year because I have a bunch of clients that are leaving um, because the school year's over and a bunch of clients that return because the school year's over. That makes okay. sense. So um, I'm always open for new clients if it's the right fit. And uh, I want to start leaning more towards doing more remote uh, consulting. I have some clients from California, Arizona, Oregon, Texas, Kentucky, and I do like, you know, these remotes, uh, this kind of stuff, um, more with workouts and that kind of stuff. And that, that's why I'm going to start leaning towards that. So uh, that should be coming soon. Okay. So I'll keep that's you updated exciting. on that, let you know. 
Awesome. Yeah, and you guys training with Philip, like you tell him what your goals are and he just tells you what to do. Period. Like it's so straightforward. You've always been so direct. And you'll get mad probably like I did. <laughs> but it's it's truly like the discipline that you need and you were just you would never like there were no excuses, you know, on my ass and making sure I was doing everything. And even when I didn't want to listen, I knew you were right. And every time I did follow advice, it worked. So. <laughs> I try to take, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I try to take more of a common sense approach to it yeah. and not so convoluted where it's like, okay, do I have to weigh my food? Okay. Now what do I do? Do this. I'm like, here, just do this and trust the process. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes do I like, give you a little bit of homework to do and, and, you know, you get what you, what you get out of it, you know? Yeah. So the most important thing to your people out there is some days you don't want to get up and do this. Just stay consistent. Mm. Just stay consistent. No matter what, just stay consistent. You don't have to go kill yourself at the gym or kill yourself on a walk or do that. Just go to the walk, go to the gym, get a little bit of, just stay consistent. So your body goes, Hey, those bad days will be all become good days. And that's what you need. That's, that's what you need to do. stay consistent. If you're going to do it. All right. I love that. Philip, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm privileged to be on your your deal here and good luck to you and hope to talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.